When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Coaches, today before we get started, I want to thank our sponsor, CoachPad. Uh, no matter if you draw scout cards by hand or use a program on your computer, CoachPad will give you back time by never stuffing a binder again before heading out to practice. First 13.3-inch electronic device allowing coaches to clearly display scout cards outdoors in the sun has been a game changer for programs this past fall and those currently playing all across the country. This new technology allows coaches to coach and not the monotonous task of stuffing and dealing with binders on the practice field. Check out the Coach Pad and Coach Pad Mini on thecoachpad.com. Please make sure you check out our sponsors, our affiliates, and here is another episode of the Gap Down Backer Podcast. Um, welcome back to our episode of the Gap Downbacker Podcast. Um, today, I, I'm very excited for a guest uh, that I've been working to get on. Um, he is the fullbacks coach at Army, uh, Coach Blake Powers. Coach, how are you doing? Doing well. Thanks for having me. No problem, Coach. I appreciate you coming on. Um, kind, of, kind of before we even get started with anything, like I think you have an interesting um, background on how you ended up at Army. Um, you kind of want to get into kind of where you played college ball and how you ended up as the fullbacks coach at Army. Yeah, I, I joined the Army as an officer through Officer Cannon School OCS after college at Indiana. I'm where I was teammates with, with Jared and uh, joined the Army after that. I was out serving. I was in the 101st Airborne Division. I had just got out of company command. Or, or excuse me, I was about to get out of company command. Got a call from an officer I knew um, who knew the deputy athletic director, Colonel Ray here, and then was extremely fortunate to get tied in uh, that way and served the last few seasons with the team as an active duty officer and the military liaison type role, doing wearing a lot of different hats with the team. And then was fortunate that I was around a bunch of unbelievable coaches and got an opportunity to, to coach here. And I knew I always wanted to coach. I coached high school before joining the Army. It was very, uh, it was an opportunity that was like a dream come true, honestly, with the type of people and what this place stands for and an opportunity that I couldn't turn down. I knew I was going to get to coaching later in life, but I thought I would stay in the military. And when this opportunity came up and, it's something that I, I just absolutely was incredibly blessed, and I'm so thankful and to learn under some unbelievable coaches like Coach Monk and Coach Davis and Coach Beatty and all of our coaches. So that's kind of how it came to be once I was uh, in the Army as an officer. And, yeah, after that, after playing college ball, like you said, and then that's kind of how it all – how I got to this point. 
Now, now, talk. I mean, what is it like working for Coach Munkin and being a part of that culture he's created? Because I've talked to Coach Munkin's cousin before, um, who's been on our podcast, and he says nothing but rave things about about him as not just his football mind, but also just as a leader of men. What is that culture and that experience been like for you? Well, I think coming out of the army and serving in multiple different units like I did gave me a unique perspective. And when I got here, I was just immediately blown away. I mean, I was coming out of the 101st Airborne Division, which was the best unit in like esprit de corps and culture that I had been a part of in the army and one of the best all time historically in the army. And then coming here, I would say it hit me like within 24 to 48 hours, just a lot of that I came in after the 17th season. So 2018 was my first year with the team. They were coming off a 10 win year. They were replacing four of their five starting linemen. They had a really good senior laden offensive line with Brett Toth, who's still playing in the NFL right now. Um, in 2017, I come in 10 and three and just, they're coming off a 10 and three year. You could immediately see why they were winning the way that they were. It was unlike any culture I'd really ever been a part of and up there with, you know, 101st airborne, anything I'd done in the army, it's just unbelievable. The culture coach Monken builds of toughness and servant bonded leaders. And, and how much he's bought into what this academy stands for or represents. It's just unbelievable, you know, because I, I knew I was going to be in that unique military role where you're kind of a liaison for a lot of different things between the team and things uh, at the academy militarily. And you kind of wonder going in if, if that's going to be a unique position and um, bring about different types of um, – complicated situations as an officer in the army and you kind of wonder coming in like what's this guy going to be like and what's that environment going to be like and I see a lot of stuff coach Munkin did behind closed doors that when no one's watching not for publicity not for PR and just how much it represents toughness humility um, all of our core values of our program and how, how he lives out every day and how real and genuine it is and you're just blown away by it and, and a lot of programs have a lot of different sayings, the brotherhood, a lot of people have adapt, adapted that, or adopted that um, motto. And I don't know that it originated with Army football, but it's been around a really, really long time. I have a hard time believing any other program was the original brotherhood, like, like Army football. It's a brotherhood unlike anything. And just seeing that really as an outsider coming in and how protective they are of it, people that played here, people that I've served with out in the Army, you know, I serve with a lot of incredible, incredible officers. And they'll all tell you that being part of the Army Football Brotherhood is kind of where that all started for them as leaders out in the armed forces. And I, I immediately had a deep respect for guys I was serving with who had played here and some amazing guys and unbelievable leaders. So you, you kind of get an idea of what the culture is about there. And then, just historically this program and then you come in and working for a guy like coach Monken, and you see the way things how bought in he is and the players and what you know his core values of the program are and it's just unbelievable unbelievable even coming from some places in the army with a great culture 
And I kind of continuing off that, like, again, you, you've now transitioned to coaching fullbacks and, and quote unquote, a flex bone, triple option offense. Obviously that's not all you guys run, especially when, I mean, I think that's a misnomer about the academy schools. They just don't run veer up and down the field. There's other stuff in there like belly and rocket. There's, there's a bunch of stuff in there, but yeah. how, how have you transitioned to that? Cause you played quarterback at Indiana, set several passing records while you were there. What have you taken from your time as a quarterback and now brought to working with fullbacks in a very run-heavy, physical, mindseted offense? Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't know that I've brought anything. I'm extremely fortunate just to work under guys like Coach Davis and Coach Media. Um, I was running a lot of flexbone type stuff as a coach in high school under under Coach Reed, who's an unbelievable coach. He ran a lot of wing T flex bone, uh, pretty multiple different concepts, but that you know we were mainly flex bone wing T, and I was did that. I also ran it high school as a quarterback before I went to uh, IU. I was actually um, we ran we ran a lot of flex bone wishbone. I mean we were really really old school, and so coming out of high school, I didn't really have stats like that. You know like pretty even amount of rushing and passing yards, you know what I mean? So I've always had a deep respect for that offense and what it's all about. And as a uh, guy just now getting into the college coaching profession, I couldn't be more thankful to be coaching on the interior, learning fullback play, learning O-line play, how meticulous it is. And, and like you said, we're very multiple, a lot more multiple than most people realize. That, that shows you know the game that you understand that because yeah. – Coaches I know are like, oh, you're on offense. And I'm like, yeah, we actually run a lot more things. But learning it, I couldn't be more fortunate. I don't know that I'm bringing absolutely anything to the table other than um, trying to continue the culture and stuff that's already been built in that room from Coach Beatty and, and with this team with Coach Davis and Coach Monken. And I'm just lucky to be a part of it. No, I get that, Coach. And especially, I mean, like I said, you, you've come into a place where there's very high expectations. Um, what, so when, when you took this position over, cause obviously you've, you've been around the, like, as we talked about already, you've been in massively around the program. You've done a lot of things from involved in recruiting liaison work on and off the field stuff as needed. Where did you, I mean, obviously there's that culture piece. Okay. That you, and, and you, you were part of that standard that coach Munkin has created, but from a on the field drill fullback perspective, where did you start as a coach? with those young men who are now serving our country? Uh, I mean, really, I started by learning how Coach Beatty attacks their fundamental work, what he does with them on a, on a weekly then season and then, you know, micro to macro level with their training. And then you go back and you watch guys more thoroughly even though I've been here with the program and some of the great fullbacks that have played here in the last five years, just unbelievable players. And it's because of how meticulous coach BD is in, in preparing them. And you know, coach BD and I always talk about it, like that learning progression with him coming in, uh, he and I are very similar in the fact that he got out of the army to come here. Uh, he was working in corporate America, making a lot of money, but, he started off working in the player personnel department, yeah. like 
nothing, you know what I mean? Coming up with a West Point degree and out there crushing it in the business world and coming in and just wanting to learn. And then everyone assuming that because he played at Army that he just knew the our offense, uh, like the back of his hand. And when, when Coach Vitti was playing here, they were actually running, you know, concepts. Yeah. Back to the 08 era. And, you know, West Coast style stuff. And learning progression for him and and it's just been awesome to learn from a guy like coach Beatty. and you know he learned everything from coach davis who in my opinion is one of the best office coordinators in the nation who doesn't get it the amount of respect that he should if you look at where we're ranked year in and year out multiple different statistical categories that we think matter the most yeah. to win games and you know coach davis um Todd Beatty and Coach Beatty and I always talk about the learning progression, you know, because it's a lot and it's a lot more complicated than people realize. And like you said, we're way more multiple than people realize. So that's been the most awesome part for me is just learning and being a student of the game and, and appreciating that I, that I get to start on the interior from and learn from a guy like Coach Beatty and Coach Davis. So, like, obviously you've not gone through a full fall practice yet as the fullbacks coach. What did like spring practice look like for you on a daily basis from a drill perspective for your fullbacks when, when, when you got them during spring? So one thing that's awesome is Coach Davis is big on, on indie time and individual time with your players during practice leading up to it, leading up to um, team. And, and he's big on that. A lot of times, you know, some practices it, it's hard to get it in, but when we can – he's big on that time and, and really just taking the drill work and, and things that, that coach BD has brought to the position. And then you go back and realize how technically focused they are. So, you know, we're really big on the small details as far as footwork, your track, staying on track, the mesh with the quarterback, which is absolutely essential. And to the smallest level of detail with our footwork, our alignment, our spacing, our aiming point, how we're reading different linemen and coming off of those blocks to where it might seem simple and it might seem like, oh, yeah, we, we know it. But it's one thing to know it. It's another thing to rep it and be so meticulous about the technique that your timing and your spacing and everything is absolutely as flawless as it could be with the quarterback. And, you know, if you look at us statistically um, and the amount of fumbles and long fumbles and balls on the ground, it's something that, that shows up on the field. And so really our drill work is mainly focused on our actual steps and, and tracks and meshes with the quarterback um, to the smallest level of detail. And then, you know, when we do get time, we work, we work a lot of, you know, classic running back drills for footwork and things where we look at the B-back and the fullback and our offense is really, in a lot of ways, a traditional tailback and a lot of old school offenses slash modern day, you know, fullback um, and, and, and the flex bone and, and a lot of the different things we do. And so you got to have a versatile skill set. You got to be that dynamic with the ball with the amount of times that we carry the game. And then you have to be really good at our craft and our offense. So it's finding that balance. And, and really a lot of the time too is um, tackle destruction drills, which is really something that, that Coach Beatty kind of made on his own. And, um, different techniques and ways to approach defenders 
And then you go back and watch it show up on a lot of the film with guys like Darnell Wolfolk and Andy Davidson, who are really, really good players here. And so our tackle destruction drills and different circuits that we build in to systematically break in tackles as a runner. You know, a lot of times you, you hear coaches, oh, just get low and get your pads under and break a tackle. You got to break that. It's like, okay, what does that actually mean uh, when you're breaking it down from a technique and fundamental level? And we base a lot of that on how is the defender trying to attack us as a ball carrier and, and drilling that um, starting with smaller scenarios, basic drills, and then working them into more complex scenarios with a lot of uh, different tackle destruction techniques we use. And so that's really was my main focus is, is the stuff that they're already good at with the young guys, you know, because we got two really good fullbacks coming back to play a lot of football for us. And then we, we got a lot of young guys that got some ability and that, that are all fully capable that really need to, cement themselves in that third and fourth string role with you look at how many guys we play at the position a year and, and per game. So my main focus in the spring was continuing to do all the things that like we just talked about the drill work and things that are important to our offense. Um, and then also build those young guys up from a fundamental perspective in that drill work and, and also in the playbook. Now, now, when you say tackle destruction, because you got me curious now, are you talking like stiff arming? I mean, what are you specifically talking when you're talking tackling destruction? Because you've got you've piqued my interest there on how do you guys approach that prospect of okay, and and I get it, it's a little different for the fullback because a lot of times, especially if you're running some sort of option, you're you're reading an, an end or an outside backer and how to approach that. And if it's read wrong, you need to deal with that that aspect. But how, how do you pr approach – and I don't need every – obviously, every single way because obviously there's multiple tanks, but what are you specifically focusing in on there? Well, learning – knowing the blocking progression and the particular play and what you're looking for on that run helps you know – helps you then visualize and anticipate what type of destruction you're likely going to be using. Um, but, you know – Schematically, it makes a difference. So the first thing is front ID and, and knowing my track and what I need to do on that play versus that particular defense. And then if they do some type of movement or shifting right for the snap that, that might change that, then you, you trust your read keys as a runner and, and knowing where that contact is likely coming from. If you're scraping off a guard from the block and you're expecting that contact to come. And, and so knowing where the contact's coming from and and then go how we go about breaking different types of tackles that we label and give different types of names and knowing the most effective way to do that as a runner um, with power and strength and leverage and and different things like that okay now, now the other thing is you mentioned you guys get a lot any time and from my in my from my experience talking to other, high school or smaller college teams that run midline, the triple belly option, whatever version of option it is out of similar formations to you is there's also a lot of group and pod time where a lot of quarterback, fullback mesh, a lot of the pitch relationship, um, fullback and O-line, half line stuff. How much of that do you guys handle in your typical practice? 
it's something we we literally do every single practice. We drill it every day. Um, we do. We'll be doing mesh drill with the quarterbacks daily. We'll be doing uh, mesh drill with the slot backs. You know, we'll do quarterbacks and fullbacks only. You know, mesh one, two, three, um, and then build in with the slots. Um, and and then we'll do uh, multiple different stations of midline and half line mesh and and uh, every single day. And then we'll go team and, you know, obviously things like that. But it's something that we drill daily, all those things. Okay. And, and then my next part is when you're look. I mean, obviously, as you said, you have two really good fullbacks coming back, which is a, it's a good problem to have, to be honest. Um, but for, especially as you're developing your younger guys, what qualities are you looking for? Obviously, power is a big part of it. But from when you're looking at, okay, I know who kind of my top two are because these are the guys that are coming back. But when I'm looking at who's three, four, five, what qualities are you kind of looking for or trying to develop in your fullbacks? Well, there's obviously talent level and what they're physically capable of and working off of that, which if you watch us play, it's not hard to, to know that, that we like big guys who are powerful and and also can be dynamic with the ball in their hands and, and kind of be that total package. And, so there's that, but then it, it all comes down to like I was talking about how meticulous we are with the with the Indian the drill work and the smallest level of detail with our track, our stance, our first, second, third step, you know, our step through the mesh, uh, which cut, which fourth or fifth step we might be sliding and cutting off of based on that scheme. So as meticulous as we are, with the main goal in mind of of limiting turnovers and mistakes and limiting room for error. That is going to be absolutely critical is, is who can do that the best. And you go back and you watch, like I was talking earlier about our, our, some of the really good fullbacks who played here. And as a new coach, you're trying to learn and you see how fundamentally sound and how unbelievably disciplined some of those guys were in their technique. And you you know those young guys that are trying fighting for that third and fourth spot um, as fullbacks, and even the fifth fullback, sixth fullback in this offense is going to play this season, and need to be counted up upon and relied upon by his teammates to do those things correctly and perform at a high level. So that's the number one thing is, you know, you you might like I said, all we got a lot of young guys that are talented and. They might make a really good play, do something dynamic, but if they can't do the small things right, then they're not they're not going to play. And that, and that you know that's what is important to us, and that's something we build into our culture, and something that our players take seriously. And and our our guys that are more experienced coming back, our two really good fullbacks, Tyson Riley and Jacoby Buchanan, have done a good job taking those guys in over the summer, and really drilling things with them. And, and I'm, I'm really excited for camp to see how much work that they've done on their own. Uh, I have a really good idea of that, that. I know they've been working, but it's going to be awesome to, to really see those young guys step up and see who can take those spots. But that's, that's what we're going to be focused on. Okay. I, I have three quick questions for you, Coach. I know we're a little short on time because you've had a really long day and you got another one tomorrow. Um, 
first of all, I want to ask you, because I ask every coach this who's ever been involved in this game, and obviously you've been de dealt with it the past several years on as an off-the-field or support position, but the Army-Navy game, I think, in my personal opinion, I've said this on this podcast and our podcast a billion different times, it's my favorite game to watch every year um, because it's, it's just people who are serving their country who will um, compete against each other. I think they're – like, as much as I've been born in Ohio – and I think the world of the Ohio State-Michigan rivalry game, it's there's nothing that compares to me watching Army-Navy that that week after everybody else is done. Um, what like what is that experience, especially as somebody who has also served our military? What is that experience like being there and being involved and being around that game at any given time? It's hard to really put the words. Uh the service piece like you said but just the college football piece like you hear a lot about it when you know, I was out in the army serving found out I was coming to work here and you think you might have an idea of playing in the big house and the, the horseshoe and everywhere um, then you realize that once you experience it that it's on a whole other level even of what you could have possibly expect. Like I remember in 2018, we were playing at Oklahoma and uh, I was new to the team. And like to your question earlier, I picked up quickly on the culture here and how much different it was. And that was week three, I think we played Duke, um, put the ball on the ground a lot, which was unlike us. And to see how those guys responded, be a good Hawaii team, and then went out to uh, Oklahoma and took them to overtime the year they had Kyler Murray. And anyway, long story short, their D-line coach was in his last year of coaching. His name's Tim Kish. He's on the staff that, that recruited me and brought me to Indiana, uh, the staff before Jared got there. And um, he was like – he coached at Army um, in the 90s. And he, he told me – pregame I was talking to him pregame he's like wait to army navy he's like I've been in this business 43 years you know he ended up retiring after that season and he's like there's no game no game like it he's like wait just wait I've never experienced anything like you know he just coached in the college football playoff the season before <laughs> been in the business 43 years and then you run out there and I'm just the military guy I have no impact whatsoever on the game you know what I mean um and you're just it's just different it's really hard to put into words. Uh, I know that's not really saying much, but. No, it is. But it, it's just hard to put into words that game, what it means. And you see the flyover, the president's walking out to the coin toss. And, um, you, you, you know, you got to bend down, like pinch yourself that you're even tiny, tiny little piece of, you know, serving in that military role with the team and how fortunate you are to just, to just be there. So it, Maybe that gives us some context, but it's hard to put in words, man. No, I, I get it. Like I said, I always, I always just want to see it in perspective because, it, and I, as much as I enjoy that game, right, the last two questions I got for you. First one is, um, do you have any advice, especially for young coaches taking over positions, or I mean, they can be veteran coaches too, because again, you've coached before, um, you've done all the field work, you've played high level college ball. Do you have any any advice for? Um, high school coaches, any wisdom to impart? Um, 
I mean, I don't know. There's, I don't know what wisdom I can give coaches who've done a hundred times more to the game and for young people's lives than I have. But uh, just enjoy it. High school football is awesome. Uh, I remember coaching before I joined the army and like being more nervous for my first few games as a high school coach than I ever was as a player. And then like really, really realizing how Friday night lights is just different. You know, it's different than, than college and, and amazing and a lot, even better, I would say in a lot of ways, but just enjoying it. I have so much respect and appreciation for what you do and all the high school coaches. Uh, I guess my only small piece of advice for a new coach, because I was a new high school coach right before I joined the Army, uh, is just learning whatever system you're in. And, and I think if you're detail-oriented at the high school level, you can really gain an advantage. And, and then don't ever forget uh, it's about the players and, and all the building those guys up. You know, I thought I was going to get back into high school. I thought I was going to get out of the Army and retire from the Army and, uh, and coach high school ball again. So maybe my only advice would just be enjoy it and uh, appreciate what you do and don't ever forget that uh, it's for the, the high school kids and that you're serving a bigger purpose. Okay. And the last question I got you for you, we talked a little bit about it before we came on. Um, do you, especially working there the past couple of years, you guys do some, for certain games, do some very unique helmet and jersey combinations. Um, and I know some of them are bittersweet for you, given this, given the outcome. But do you have any? Do you have a particular favorite combination that you've seen? Because, like I said, I've seen some that you've done. Like I, again, I know that it doesn't have a good correlation after effect, but I thought the Desert Storm ones were very, very, very well done and very appealing. And um, do you do you have any particular one that you thought well just kind of stood out to you? <laughs> Yeah, and I love it because I would say the vast majority of recruits always say they like it the best. The 2018 one, the big red one, um, the all black with the gold letter, and the, and the, the big red one emblem on the helmet, those were uh, the hardest to me. But a lot of guys like the 17, the clean, like the all white one when they played in the snow game, the 10th division, but the big red one, First Infantry Division, Big Red One, has a special meaning to me because it was my first year with the team, and that was the unit that I deployed with and went to combat with, and, and a lot of things, did a lot of things over there, uh, uh, awards and things as a unit that mean a lot to me because of unit awards and things, uh, just that experience. So the, the culture, that that jersey had a deeper meaning for me and then to be my first year with the team and but i'd say the vast majority of recruits like that one the best too good now that last i mean last thing i want to say before we go is um obviously thank you for your service to our country um i i i do want to say that and i'm appreciative of that um coaches make sure you give coach a follow on twitter his twitter will be in the bio uh give him a follow so he can help army recruit some fantastic athletes that can also serve our country uh, like, share, subscribe, check out our sponsor, Coach Pat, all that lovely jazz. Um, otherwise, that is in our episode of the Gap Down Backer podcast. Thank you, Coach. Hey, appreciate it, man. Thank you for having me.